Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated retirement rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Jonah, who just wants to know, does filing at 62 make sense for her? And then Jim has a problem with the way the administration is calculating the government pension offset. And in his case, he has a right to question that. And then Jerry wants to know, are missed benefits because of the earnings limit eventually added back to a benefit? And in his case, there's a twist there that makes this really interesting. And there's a lot of other calls too, so let's get it started. We have a couple of phone calls. Let's go to these real quick. So first, I want to talk to Jonah in Oklahoma. Hey, Jonah, welcome to the show. Hi, Devin. Thank you for thank you for taking my call. I just have one quick question, okay. and then I'll listen on. All right. Um, I, I was born late July. Okay. I'll be 62 this year, and I was wondering, what, would I file in June, late June, early June, April, not file? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, if you're thinking about filing at 62, there, that's a... That's a different topic, maybe, than, you know, actually the technicalities of how you need to file. So, uh, you know, if you've decided that 62 is the age you're going to file, then you probably need to go in about 60 days before and file your application. And if you're just filing for your own benefits, you can do that online. Easy peasy. Now, the larger yeah, discussion. It's just me. Okay. That, that larger discussion, though, but, Jonah, may be, should you file, right? You know, that that's a... Uh, if, if you're a single person, which I think you just said that you are, yes. then, you know, there are less factors to consider than if you were married. But still, there's there's a few things that you want to think about. You know, for example, it's uh, it, it's going to really hinge upon what you have in other assets and income. So if there's not much in other assets or income and you just straight need the income that Social Security is going to provide, and filing may be your only option. But if you have some flexibility because you've got a decent amount in your savings accounts or maybe you have a good pension, then you might ought to think about exercising, you know, some strategy and when you file for those benefits. Okay. Yeah, everything I own is paid for. Okay, good, good. And it's, it, it is not much. It's just two RVs and two pickup trucks. But gotcha. everything I own is paid for, and I have a couple of IRAs set back. Good. Two RVs? That are just... And Simple. two pickup so, trucks. So yeah. two of each. Yeah, I got one to go camping in and one to live in. <laughs> right on. I like that. I like that plan. You know, I've tried to talk about- And I'm about, a truck driver, so- Oh, gotcha. And so you've also got the sleeper in the truck, right? That you could use if you had to. Yeah, so I have three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just getting tired of trucking. It's just, it, you know, it's just what it is. Well, let me tell you, there I've certainly seem to be more years. trucks on the road now- than there was just a few years ago. And I, and I think that the statistics actually bear that out. If you look at the, the data on shipping goods, it, it's a crazy world out there if you get on the interstate now uh, with all of these trucks going up and down the road. But here, here, here's a few things that I would think about. Number one, um, depending on the amount you have in your retirement savings, you might be able to delay your Social Security benefit till a later point before you start, you know, before you file and then at that point, you might can lower the amount you're taking from the IRAs. Again, a lot of decision points that's in there, 
but I wouldn't necessarily just file simply because you're retiring. I don't know that that necessarily would, would be the best option. So I could just take a part-time job. Yep. You could do that as well. So what you could do is you could go to the, one of the national or state parks and you could be their camp park host, right? Since you have a camper already, you're set up. That's what, that's what we were, that's what we were talking. We were thinking about doing is being a camp host. So if nothing else, you've, you've received confirmation on your future occupation here. (laughs) Right. Well, listen, if there's anything we can do to help you with uh, the social security strategy, just get back to us. Let us know. There's always a description down in the link. Thanks for okay, calling. Thank you, Miss Carol. And thanks for giving, thanks for taking my call. All right, Jonah. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. All right, now let's go to Jim. And Jim looks like he is here in my home state of Texas. Hey, Jim, are you with us? Oh, I'm doing just great. Well, thanks for calling. Thank you for taking my call. I had a question on um, the new 5.9% uh, COLA increase for, okay. for Social Security. Both my, me and my wife are retired, and my I was a greater wage earner during our lifetime. And she worked for uh, a school district under TRS and uh, has a smaller amount of money. But this, with this new COLA increase, uh, in their in the Social Security formula, they in their calculation they figured that she her teacher pension also increased at five point nine percent, which is not true. Mm. So I, I was wondering if Social Security could refigure uh, her five point nine percent increase in Social Security. Yeah, that sounds odd to me, uh, Jim. I, to to my knowledge. Uh, I've never heard of them just assuming that they do collect data from all all different sources so they can keep up with what those non-covered pensions have in terms of increases. Uh, but just assuming that in absence of that information, well, it must have gone up by the same amount that Social Security did. Uh, maybe that's standard in some processing offices, but I've never heard of that. So to answer your question, absolutely. If, if you've received some sort of communication from the administration that says that they are going to make the assumption that the pension increased as much as Social Security, you do need to ask for a reconsideration. And for those listeners who may be wondering why this is a big deal, uh, Jim, fill in the gaps for me if I miss anything here, but this is what I think you probably have going on. Most likely, she's receiving a spousal benefit, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, and as such, the government pension offset kicks in, which means that her spousal benefit is being reduced by an amount equal to two-thirds of her pension. And as that pension increases, that two-thirds is greater. So the reduction gets larger as that pension gets larger. And in this case, they've made the assumption that the pension is larger, and it's actually not. So that offset shouldn't apply to a larger degree than it did last year. 
You can absolutely ask for a reconsideration. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm wanting to say it's a form 561 request for reconsideration. I may not have that form number right, but there is a request for reconsideration that you can send in and you can send them proof. Uh, that will help to shortcut the system because otherwise they may take 30 to 60 days to send you a response saying that, well, okay, you need to send us proof that it didn't increase. Um, and then you have to send it back to them and it could be a long drawn out process. So I would get the process started by filling out that form, telling them why you're requesting a reconsideration and send them proof along with it. Okay, great. It's, it's about a $22 per month uh, difference. Yeah, well, that's uh, that would be noteworthy for me for sure. You know, for a couple, you could go to you could go to Whataburger for that, right? Oh, that's very true. Yep. Yep. Well, there's no need to give it away. Whatever you do with the money. Well, I hope that helps you. And uh, well, it'll, go ahead. It will continue to uh, compound over the years. So I just wanted to nip it in the bud. Right. If they're making that assumption, then at least you can get familiar with the process, and you'll know how to handle it moving forward. Yep. Very good. Jim, thank right. you for calling, thank sir. Thank you, Devin. I appreciate your call. Next, we have Luke. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Devin. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you are welcome, sir. How can I help? Uh, well, uh, me and my wife, we're both uh, 66 and uh, getting ready to retire at our full retirement age. And uh, she works for TISD. And we've been to a couple of your seminars in the past, and and I understand we understand how the the GPO uh, will affect her uh, survivor income from me as far as Social Security is concerned. The two thirds of her monthly pension reducing that benefit. I understand all that. Uh, I wanted to see or ask if you know her own. She has Social Security. From previous work. Okay. So when she files for that, is the WEP going to affect her own income from Social Security? Gotcha. Okay, Luke, here's the way it's going to work. If she works for TISD, uh, that is a non covered school district, which means that she is not paying into Social Security. Is that correct so far? Right. Yes, sir. And she's going to qualify for a pension from Texas TRS from that work. Correct. Yes. And so when she qualifies for that pension, both the government pension offset and the windfall elimination provision are going to be triggered. That means that the benefit that she earned from her own work at whatever other job she had before her employment with the school district, that benefit is going to get reduced for the windfall elimination provision. All right. Okay. Now, what that, what that reduction is, is simply an alternate calculation of her benefit amount. So they will run her benefits through or her average index monthly earnings through a separate formula, and that's mm -hmm. going to reduce that benefit. And and this year, you know, it's not quite five hundred dollars yet, but we're getting real close to a five hundred dollar reduction amount. And then her spousal or survivor benefit is going to be reduced by an amount equal to two thirds of her pension. So that spousal, I, I heard that I think in a. I was listening, and I know a previous caller addressed that, and I, that was going to be my next question is how that spousal benefit would be affected. So basically, it's affected the same way uh, as, you know, uh, her getting my SSI as a survivor. That reduction is two-thirds of her monthly pension from TRS? Uh, yeah, roughly, that is correct. That amount is going to be... Okay. 
reduced. And without going into benefit amounts and knowing exactly what everything is, it sounds to me like she may be what they call a duly entitled spouse, which means that she's going to receive part of her benefit from her own work and another part from spousal benefits. Uh, just know mm -hmm. that both parts of those benefits are going to be reduced and by different provisions of the law. So it can get really complicated to know what to expect, especially considering that these individuals who are subject to the windfall elimination provision or government pension offset, that's not reflected on the statements. And so for all these years, there's been these people getting these statements thinking that, oh, I'm going to have $1,500 in Social Security benefits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when right. retirement time mm -hmm. comes, they find out, no, they're they're actually not going yeah. to have $1,500. It's going to right. get reduced. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a horrible provision. I don't like them being there. They are taking some steps yep. to at least clarify to individuals that, hey, you're going to be subject to this windfall elimination provision, and here's how much we estimate it's going to be. And that needs to happen for planning purposes. It's just too many people being surprised when it comes to retirement mm -hmm. time. Yep. Very good. Absolutely. All right, Luke, anything else for you, sir? Uh, that's uh, now just one quick thing. Now, when she files for her own SSI, am I, do I, I read, I was reading some of the Social Security, whatever, and uh, when I file for mine, she had, does she have to file for that spouse's benefit? Yeah. So the way it was worded, what I was, what I was reading, it said like she must file for that spouse's benefit. If she has already filed for her own benefit and you file for benefits, she will start receiving that spousal benefit. There's no way to separate those two out anymore. Now, okay. So it just, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. The only thing that you can separate out like that now are survivor benefits. Uh, but for spousal benefits, so let's say, for instance, that she files for her own benefit. You're still working. You haven't filed yet. Well, she's going to only receive her own benefit. She's not going to receive that spousal benefit yet. But as soon as you file, that yeah. spousal benefit is going to get turned on and put on top of that. And there's nothing she can do to stop it. So she can't say, no, I want to delay okay. that spousal benefit for a while. It's it's okay. over. At that point, she becomes entitled to that benefit. And when she had originally filed, she is deemed to have filed for all benefits that she's eligible for. Oh, there, there it is. Okay. Yep. Okay. So it's, it's automatic. So, okay. Yep. That's it. All right, Luke. Thanks okay, for calling. Really, yeah, have a great day. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Mm, okay. Now let's go to Jerry in Arizona. Hey, Jerry. Hi there. Thanks for holding, by the way. Yeah, I know you've question? been there for a little bit. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. So what do you have going on? What I have is uh, I'm a widower. I've been drawing spousal benefits for several years and still working. So, of course, they withhold uh, an overpayment amount. Okay. Uh, I haven't worked for two years, but the overpayment amounted to about $15,000 over a period of three years. Uh, is that money in limbo forever, or will I see some portion of it back? All right. So, let me go back and... and let me build this in my mind so I can make sure I'm following exactly what's going on here. So okay. you're a widower and you're still working and you're collecting Correct. survivor benefits, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I, actually, I, I'm not working now. I haven't for two years. Okay. But, but you were working for a period and collecting survivor benefits. Correct. And you were making more than the annual earnings limit. Correct. Okay. And how old are you right now, Jerry? Uh, I'm uh, 66 today. Oh, happy birthday. Well, thank you. So uh, what year were you born? 
1956. All right. So your full retirement age is 66 and uh, four months, right? Four months. All right. So at your full retirement age, that benefit is going to be recalculated to include all of those actuarial reductions. Now, the one thing that one thing that I'm a little bit hung up on in my head is the fact that this is a survivor benefit. And I'm, I'm trying to work it out here on live YouTube and figure out if there's a difference and distinction there, but I don't think it is. Uh, I think that benefit is still going to be recalculated in the same fashion as your own retirement benefit would be recalculated. So is there a point in time when you plan to switch back over to your own benefit? Actually, I'll be doing that next month. Okay. Uh, and, and is that because your own benefit has now exceeded the amount that you can get as a survivor? It is substantially more. It's just come to the place with my health that it's no longer looking like it'll be advantageous for me to allow my benefit to continue to increase. Gotcha. You know, Jerry, I suspect I'm going to get off this call and go, oh, I knew the answer to that. Uh, why didn't I just Why didn't I just think a little <laughs> harder? But right now I'm going to tell you, I'm not sure what's going to happen because generally when we tell people about their own benefit, if earnings were withheld or if benefits were withheld from the earnings limit, there's what they call the adjustment to the reduction factor. And so if, you know, if, if on a monthly basis in those three years leading up to full retirement age, if benefits are withheld at a rate of five nights of 1% per month, and let's say they've withheld a total of 12 months in benefits, then at your full retirement age, they would simply take five nights of 1% times 12 and increase your benefit. All right. But because you're going to be switching from survivor benefits back to your own benefit, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know that you're going to ever receive any credit for those missed earnings. Well, that sounds real nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really don't think you are. Uh, again, I'll probably get off the call and go, man, Devin, that was stupid. Why didn't you just, why didn't you just tell him the right answer? You knew that. And I froze up because I'm on YouTube live. I don't know, but that right now, <laughs> okay. that's what I'm thinking, Jerry. Okay. Well, nobody at social security seemed to know either. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, uh, I, I won't say that's a complex question because someone will answer it down in the comments. Uh, but, but it is one that takes a little thinking through. So yeah, I, I really don't know. So you plan to switch to your own benefit then before you hit full retirement age. Correct. Okay. Well, you said you're filing for it. So are you going to get your effective date to start around your full retirement age? Or are you just going to tell them to start it as um, soon as possible? No, it's a, actually, it should start next month. Gotcha. Okay. Well, all the best to you, Jerry. I hope um, I hope everything goes well for you and rest of retirement is bright and beautiful out there in Arizona. Okay. Well, thank you for your help. I appreciate it. All right, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm, all right. And the one last and final call, we're going to go to Dave in Indiana. Hey, Dave. Hi, Devin. I'm a big fan. Oh, well, thank you for calling and for being a fan. I like that. Hey, listen, I've got a real quick question. My wife and I are going to retire next year. Congratulations. And how much can we earn? Uh, we want, we still want to work part-time jobs, but how much can we earn next year or when we re- when we finally draw our Social Security? Well, I can only speak for this year. Uh, okay. And, and, you know, in fact, I can't even speak for this year because the only uh, cheat sheet that I have in front of me, which I still have to refer to these, is the 2021 20, cheat sheet. Uh, so I can tell okay. you those numbers, and it's it's really hard for me to remember right. what the others are. But uh, let me make a let me make a projection for next year. Okay. Around 
$20,000. How old you are? Uh, okay. You're currently 62, right? That is correct. So next year, 63. How old is your wife? 62. Okay, so same age. All right. So it's going to be somewhere around that $20,000 mark that you can have in earnings, right? And that's that's wages or net earnings from self-employment. That is correct. Yep. So uh, I would, um, unless wages— Now, is that, per, is that per person, Devin? That is on an individual level, yes. Unlike taxes okay. on— so, so per person. That's right. That's right. They look at that okay. on an individual level. So if one of you go over that limit, it's not going to turn off the benefit of the other one unless the other one is collecting a spousal benefit. But if you're both collecting your independent benefits from your own work, that's the case. It is per person. Excellent. Yep. Appreciate your time, sir. You are very welcome, sir. Have a great day. Keep up the good work, Devin. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon. 